Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Gay Salvation from a Biblical Christian Perspective An illustration from a reader asking uh, for my opinion. The question that he asked was framed in the form of an illustration. And that illustration is a gay person lives a promiscuous life, full of partying and living for himself. Then he gets saved. As is usual in this situation, the saved man stops partying and starts trying to live more for others. Since most Christians say that he has no choice but to be celibate, if he can't marry the opposite sex, he tries celibacy for a number of years and is miserable. He decides that in his heart, there is nothing wrong with a committed gay relationship. So he's now in a marriage, but still works for others and keeps his body free from drugs and alcohol. He finds peace and happiness and true joy for the Lord. In his mind, his choices are supported by Paul's teaching. Do you think this man goes to heaven? Here's my response. Excellent thoughts. I spent many years interviewing and hiring pastors for a large Christian ministry. One of my questions used to dig deeper into their underlying theology was to ask, quote, can a practicing gay person go to heaven, unquote. I won't go over the ratios of those, uh, quote, unquote, theologians who said yes versus no. But if they said no, that they would not go to heaven, I pounced. I asked them, well, do you know a pastor who's overweight? Always getting a yes answer. I reminded them that our bodies are a temple to the Holy Spirit. And therefore, gluttony is a sin. Scripture makes the point even clearer in verses such as Proverbs 23, 2021. So then I continued, all those pastors, are they going to hell as well? Does one type of sin other than the unpardonable sin uh, send one to hell when another does not? Could a gay person be struggling with their sin like the pastor is trying to eat better to improve his Holy Spirit temple? Could the gay person be new in the faith and not yet understand God's view on the matter? Could he be going to a church that supports a gay Christian theology by the staff based on their interpretation of the Bible and therefore doesn't see an issue? So to answer your question from my perspective, I believe the Bible is clear that homosexuality is a sin. I also believe gluttony, lying, theft, anger, envy, pride, foolishness, etc. are also sins from Mark 7, 21 through 23. Christians do not leave sin behind when we're saved. Paul laments over this principle when he says in Romans 7:15 and following, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Biblical Christians are sinners before and after salvation. That is a major reason why unbelievers discount us so much. We are truly a mess. Now, clearly some unbelievers act more like Christians than Christians do. 
Christ saved us from the penalty of sin, both those before we were saved and the sins we commit after we're saved. It may seem unfair, but that's the way the Bible reads. Man is saved by God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by being good people. Look at the thief on the cross next to Jesus when he said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Yet the man could do nothing to earn a place in heaven as he hung on the cross. However, God does provide us with the Holy Spirit as a counselor when we are saved. Because of that, we are given more power over our sin as believers. There should be a difference between our behavior before salvation and our behavior after salvation. That's what the Bible's talking about in James 2.26. That change is a God-produced difference. Again, however, we should be comparing our behavior after salvation against the benchmark of what we were like before salvation. Comparing Christians' behavior against a non-believer is unreliable as an indicator of a changed heart or salvation because there are example after example of non-believers acting more like Christians than Christians themselves. So back to the question. So to your illustration, the gay person who gets saved tries to live a celibate life, quote, for a number of years, unquote, and he's miserable. This is like the kleptomaniac who tries not to steal, which is a sin, but ultimately fails. In my view, it comes down to a matter of the heart. And matters of the heart are not and should not be discerned by outsiders who have to look through a plank, which is sin in their eye, before pointing out the speck or sin within uh, the eye of the kleptomaniac, a reference to Matthew 7.3. To be specific, the man who has a compulsion to steal and does so sins. In his heart, through the Holy Spirit as his counselor, the question is, does he accept the fact that his action is a sin? Does he feel compelled to ask for God's forgiveness? And does he try to repent or turn away from that sin? Or instead, does he have a calloused heart? Has he, quote-unquote, deconstructed his faith to the point that he is perfectly comfortable falling back into taking what he wants, when he wants, from others? Acts twenty-eight twenty-seven. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Those are the questions I would ask the gay person in your example to reflect on. I would suggest, however, the way you describe this person as being saved and trying to resist for a number of years uh, his gay lifestyle, I would say his return to that gay lifestyle would have caused him sadness and strife as God and the Holy Spirit convicts him. Again, however, this is a matter of the heart. And it is between this man and God and not for outsiders to judge. So finally, to your statement that the man back with his partner now has a, quote, peace in his heart, unquote, I would respectfully counter, based on my points above, that if he is truly saved, his heart should remain in conflict, similar to Paul's in Romans quoted above. If his heart is at peace, as your example suggests, while engaging in what the Bible and therefore God and the Holy Spirit see as sin, then I'd be concerned. My exception to that concern, as I've already stated, would be that he was in the early stages of his spiritual growth 
or in a sanctification uh, growing in Christ environment where a gay lifestyle was incorrectly considered biblical. But again, having said all that, this is ultimately a matter of the heart between this man and God. We are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. That's why Jesus had to come rescue every single one of us from the penalty of eternal death. We are all sinners who fail continuously, but God's grace washes us clean. So yes, a practicing gay person, like any other sinner, has an opportunity and the right before God to be saved and spend eternity in heaven. It's all a matter of the heart and God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.